Hey, I never gave you the finger when I was up there. <laughs> I think I think mentally you did a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and thank you for joining us on The Champlin Project. I'm John Cox, and I'm joined by Steve Boynton in our journey to share interesting stories from Champlin's past while highlighting our current events. Good day, Steve. John, how are you in sunny Arizona? A lot of, a lot of listeners don't know that we broadcast this. You're in Arizona. I'm here in Champlin. It's uh, October in Arizona is pretty nice, but I don't need to tell you, you've got a pretty nice Indian summer going on there in Minnesota, so I do miss that. So I'm really excited about today's program, Steve. As our listeners know, on the Champlin Project, we like to share an interesting story and then invite a guest to offer some insight on that story. Well, this week, we don't have an interesting story. But we do have an interesting guest with lots of interesting stories. I'm kind of with you there. <laughs> Although I'm not going to sell the story that short. Um, this really is the story of a lot of development in the city of Champlin and how it came to be. And that's what's got me excited. When we first started talking about doing this podcast, I think both of us agreed that one of the guests we would absolutely have to have on is Sam Marfield. And for those who don't know Sam, he is the person responsible for the Elm Creek Common Shopping Area, which is home to Caribou Coffee, Clive's, Buffalo Wild Wings, Maple Bank, Culver's, Broadway Pizza, Main theater, and a whole bunch more. I think, in fact, over 30 businesses call Elm Creek Commons home, and all of that was really made possible through the efforts and hard work, a lot of times, of Sam Marfield. So while, while the story might not be how we became a city or something exciting like that, it actually, people who don't know the history of Champlin in terms of how these businesses came to be, I think they're going to enjoy this episode. Sam is 88 and living the good life in Naples, Florida with his wife, Joyce. And Joyce was actually very involved with Sam through much of the development in Champlin. So we actually have people in Florida, Minnesota, and Arizona today on the program. So uh, today he is far away from the development pressures he faced in the 1990s, but knowing Sam, I know he's got a lot of ventures going on, and I suspect he'll have a couple of bones to pick with us about what happened in the 90s. <laughs> so, Steve, I got to ask you, with all the things that we did with, with Sam over the years, do you have a favorite Sam Marfield story? You know, I do. I do have one that, that just has stuck with me throughout the years. And it was when Sam was... You know, we were very insistent, the city, about what kinds of businesses and things we really wanted in the community. We were desperate for restaurants and we wanted some retail components. And at the time, we had a local grocer, County Market, which is where Cub is today. And one of the first commercial things that Sam brought to us was Aldi Foods, which was a new concept in the country. It was discount grocery, off, you know, off-market brands. They were, for instance, 
Kiter ketchup, which is their brand name ketchup, is really made by Hunt's, which everyone would know. But it's OEMs by by them and branded specifically for Aldi. And so it was one of those things where you're like, oh, we've got a grocery store and it's a local person. And we were sitting in a, in a room and Sam said, uh, Steve, I think this is a home run. And I said, Sam, I, I don't even I don't even know if it's if it's a single. And Sam said, well, Steve, let's be honest. This is if it's not a home run, it's a solid double. And I looked at him and I said, Sam, this is a hit by pitch. I am standing on I am standing on first base, but I'm in pain. <laughs> to Sam's credit, to Sam's credit, uh, Aldi has become a wonderful component for the city of Champlin. Wonderful business. We have shopped there often and they really do offer just something a little different than your typical grocer. And I will tell you, over the years, many, many, many Champlain residents are very appreciative of it. So I, I suppose all these years later, before Sam comes on, I will admit to you that it was at least a double. How's that? <laughs> no question about it. You drive up and down the highway core and you look at what parking lots are busy and which ones are not. All these one of those that's extremely busy. So absolutely. Uh, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will be joined by Mr. Sam Marfield. You can now check us out on Facebook at The Champlin Project. On our Facebook page, you can find out more about us, our stories, our guests, or tell us how we're doing and what stories you'd like to hear. And if you like what you hear, tell your friends and your neighbors and give us a like and a share on Facebook. John, I see Sam waiting in our green room. Uh, we can, of course, see him on camera. And his lovely wife, Joyce, is standing there by his side. Let's bring him on to the program. Sam, welcome. It is a pleasure to have you on the Champlin Project. Uh, after all these years, just great to see your face, uh, your wife, Joyce, as well. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I am Sam Marfield, and it's exciting it was fun to work with Champlin. <clears throat> it was hard at times. It was easy at times. But when it was all done, I had a lovely project with you asked for banks. I gave you four. And you asked for restaurants, and I got you four. You asked for a movie theater, and I got you only one. <laughs> so uh, I gave you what you asked for. It was fun. Man Theater, Clive's, Caribou Coffee, Buffalo Wild Wings, Culver's. When you came to town, it was the year 2000, 2001. A lot of things were going on in Champlain. We had Super Target showing up. We had Lifetime Fitness. What what was it about Champlain? Do you remember going back to that time of uh, MBY making the decision to invest in Champlain then? I like to take risks, and I like to go out in the future and a lot of my buildings were out a little farther than the norm and I let I let uh, progress catch up with me and my agent brought me up to Champlain and says here's I think it was 60 acres or something like that with a 17 foot pitch from one end to the other top to bottom 
which is, you know, great for uh, drainage. Mm -hmm. And I said, this might be sort of fun. And it was fun. I'm most of my business is building warehouses, but I built a few shopping centers and uh, I said, what the heck, let's go have some fun. And I did fun. It wasn't boring at all. And building warehouse isn't exciting, but dealing with the city, you and God, Paul, you were nice to me. You you made me toe the mark and do what you wanted, but you're supposed to do that. But uh, I had a good time, and, and you see Joyce behind me. I'm Joyce Marfield, my wife of yes. 53 years. She came up to a lot of the meetings, and uh, it was sort of fun for her. And we would meet at the uh, Chinese restaurant before the meeting and get our got our get ourselves organized. And Gary D. Pilato was our salesman. He was really good. Yep. And he was Gary was responsible for like Buffalo Wild Wings. He went right over to the home office of Buffalo and the lady president, he walked right in and said, I got a place for you. There's a lot of football games and 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 activity up there in Buffalo Wild Wings will do well. And I think they did well. Well, one of the things we talked about earlier off air, but you know, talking about it was almost like a partnership when you came to town. The the the, the land was primarily zoned industrial. You had an industrial yep. background, but yep. um, I think you heard from us. We didn't. We were more interested in changing that to commercial. You were interested in that as well. One of the things, and, and residents who are there today would laugh about this, I suspect, but we needed coffee. We <laughs> needed somebody in coffee to the highway corridor, right? I know one. Well, your your engineer, Jack Biddle, he really wanted coffee. <laughs> he said, I want to stop and get for coffee before I go to work. Right. And we took care of him. And you promised us in the course of your work, whether you could bring a caribou to town, you were either going to bring a caribou to town or you were going to do it yourself. And you lived up to that and you brought caribou again shortly after, I think, the year 2000. Man Theater was a big project. Oh, yes. To town too, Sam. And I know there wasn't a lot in it for you. I know we were excited about creating some magnet that could bring other users, but... Talk a little bit about Man Theater and how that project came about. Well, Steve Mann and I got together, I don't know how, and I showed him my site, and he said, that's a nice site. But he said, Mr. Sam, I, I'm here to make money, and I can't make money on the prices you're asking. I was asking $10 a square foot or 12 for most of the property up there. And he said, if I pay more than 3 dollars and 50 cents my project won't work and i said steve that's my cost i'll make nothing on it but uh the city wants you and i have an idea that uh your presence will make my retail work better and so we went ahead and made a deal steve was a good businessman i wanted him to put a reader board right on 169 the, to read the movies. He wouldn't do that, and he wouldn't do that. So I know Joyce and I would go up to the theater, and I had a little two-way radio, and I'd go out in the <laughs> in the parking lot, and I'd walk in the theater, 
and I'd tell Joyce what movies were showing so we could decide what to go in there. <laughs> and then we had the Red Tail Hawk. One of the ladies that lived uh, above us was an ornithologist and with binoculars, and she found a red tail hawk in one of our trees. And she said, you know, this is breeding season. You can't, you're not allowed by law to go in and knock that tree down or within 60 feet of it. So I had to have the, the University of Minnesota ornithologist expert crawl up the tree and look to see if there are eggs. There were. And so that meant I had no choice, but when I went in there and did my grading and excavating, I couldn't go around this tree. Anyway, the, the red-tailed hawk finally had its babies, and uh, we had a pond behind the, the movie theater with a duck and a bunch of ducklings. So the red-tailed hawk goes over and eats the ducklings. What a, that was a shame because those little dolphins were so cute. <laughs> okay, you got to watch out. I'll talk all day. Well, see all the exciting things that you get involved in when you're involved with development. You're getting involved with nature. Well, I wanted to put theater drive, T-H-E-A-T-R-E, English spelling. Yes. And I wanted to put that uh, more than three, less than 300 feet from 169. And the highway department said, well, you can't put that close to that stop sign. Cars will build, build up. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't put me that, let me put that road in. They want me to move it north, and that wouldn't work. And we finally convinced them. As it turns out, there wasn't enough traffic <laughs> for anything to back up. MnDOT had a lot of concerns about that theater generating so much traffic that they involved themselves in the design of your subdivision. You're right. Well, we did, but if you remember, Aldi builds warehouses, and they they don't look very interesting. So I told Aldi, you've got to put some fake windows in the back of your, the side of your building to make it look more like an office building. And so they did. They didn't like it, but they put some fake windows in. You couldn't see in, but uh, there were just windows painted black. And I expect those windows are still there, but it softened the warehouse look of that project. Well, and, actually, it's actually something they that design they took to other buildings around the metro area. But you're so right. The faux windows was something they had never done before or even considered. And then we had Miss, I think it's Mr. King that had a grocery store across the street. Yes. And he wasn't excited about having a com- competition across the street, but we got through that. Well, you know, th- that just goes to show that cities aren't always right, right, Sam? I mean, we were a little anxious. There was concern about whether an Aldi was going to cannibalize what was going on at the county market. But it really has turned into something wonderful, I think. Aldi is uh, well patronized today and is a good fit within that community. So kudos to you and maybe shame on us. <laughs> and then then you put that pedestrian bridge over 169 for all the people to use. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody ever used that. Does anybody use that bridge? 
Well, I, I will say this. You're right that I think if you looked at a cost benefit, Sam, that probably would could be challenged. But there is something to be said about providing safe harbor. You know, providing people an opportunity to, to travel safely across that highway was important. But to your point, no, it it's not heavily trafficked. So see, see I got a I got a bone to pick with with Champlin. Are you ready? Yes. There was a real nice sign that said Elm Creek, yeah, Elm Creek, and it was all brick and beautiful, and it was in my way, and you wanted it to stay, and you said, okay, you got to give me, you got to give the city five thousand dollars for us to move it and put it elsewhere. You never used that five thousand to put that sign, your sign up. And I'd like to know where that 5000 is, and I'd like it back. Okay. <laughs> well, first of all, I knew as soon as you talked about a bone to pick, it was going to be that sign. And the good news, I guess, for Steve and I is we're no longer affiliated with the organization. <laughs> hey, me either. Hey, me either. I knew either, but we'll have somebody get back to you on that $5,000. I, ex- I, I expect to get a check. Uh, for five thousand from from uh, Brett Heitkamp. Yes. Well, we'll talk to Brett. We do have uh, a connection there that we can pass on. But that wasn't everything. We talked earlier too. There was a time when you came in with a project for a gas station on the south side of Elm Creek Parkway that was zoned properly, but it resulted in the whole neighborhood coming out and being very upset with that. And we asked you, Sam, if you would be willing to move it to the north side of Elm Creek Parkway, which you did, but it was also at great expense, right? Well, I had executed a purchase agreement with another user on that site already, and they sued the hell out of me. (laughs) That was an expensive move, guys. And you did that time and time again, whether it was Caribou, whether it was the sign on Elm Creek Parkway, whether it was uh, taking the hit on the lawsuit for the gas station. Always appreciated that. I think we in turn did some things as well. I know one of the things I'm uh, I was proud of and working with you on was the legends of Champlin, the senior housing project, which wasn't initially anticipated. Uh, having residential there, but I think that turned out to be a really good fit. That's a nice project. That that's a uh, Dominion. Yes, good organization. Besides, right? They they did a great job, and it's and then we have two residential. We had the um, memory care building that was that wasn't really zoned for memory care, right? But you wanted that, and you figured out how to twist or turn to get it in there and i walked in that building one day just to see what it looked like it was lovely right it was a nice fit it was something that was not really provided for in the community at that time and it was right across the street from residential just a nice calm quiet use with a demand so that was see, see at 88 when i'm 95 can i go up there and get a good deal I, you know what? I would think, but unfortunately, I think it's probably changed hand a couple of times and they would say, Sam, who? But Oh, uh, oh really? They might. I have another bone to pick. Yeah. We had that nice restaurant on the north end. Uh, I don't know what the name of it is now. We're not, What's that talk no- about, we're not talking about roofs now, are we? <laughs> the what? Roof. 
Yeah. No, okay. I I put in my r- rules metal roofs on everything so they'd yeah. last forever. Well, you guys let that guy put in asphalt, yeah. cheap roof, and I was yeah. furious with that. <laughs> I know you were. That was a tough one. You know, as we could be accommodating with you from time to time, we were accommodating with, if you recall, it was uh, Moonrock was the restaurant. Hey, who cares? It's a nice building. Well, the whole development is just a nice development. And uh, you talked about Theater Drive. We also required you to put in this runway uh, of a roadway to service all of the traffic and that's something else that, uh, at great expense, really never came to be. Uh, all of the traffic that we thought that area was going to generate. I don't remember. I don't recall what that was. Well, we ended up putting in. Uh, you did, if you will. You put in the infrastructure, a four-lane road, theater drive, and uh, oh yeah, at, at a great expense. Um, for for nobody. For what turned out to be much much less traffic than we anticipated. Yeah. So, so that two-lane road would have been fine there. I would agree. I'm thinking that we're going to change the title of this, Steve, to Community Builders and Bone to Pick. I think that's. Uh, I think that we really we need to have an opportunity. We go back to developers and we just give them an opportunity to pick a bone with us because, you know, it's so interesting in hindsight how things could be done differently. And that clearly was uh, a development that was great for the community. I, and I think in hindsight, the city would have probably done some things differently, for sure. Do you remember I put a tire shop in there? Yes. And you didn't like that tire shop. So the, the what we did is most tire shops have doors that are open and those rat-a-tat-tat air things mm-hmm. are running. Yes. So, so I, I told the the developer uh, you've got to do everything inside to hold the, the noise inside he, he didn't like that at all but anyway he did it <laughs> great memory one of the things that we were one we were concerned about being a highway corridor with just a lot of auto users so there was a sensitivity to that but more importantly we had seen and had a number of mechanics that had a lot of their cars stored uh, out in the parking lot, and right. so we wanted junkers, have, junkers, and we wanted those cars all in the building. At the end of the day, bring them all in the building, and you brought us a operator that was willing to do that with the number of doors, very attractive doors, and everything locked up and inside at the end of the day. And so, thank you, Sam, on that. See, I, I'm trying to think of some more bones to pick, but I don't have any. <laughs> I, I remember one time when I did something for the city, I told Brett, I'm gonna I want some chips that I that I can play. Yes. That I can use. And I took a bunch of chips, poker chips into him. I said, Here they are. I'm gonna have I want you to give me these when back when I, I need something. Well, I will tell you this, because I was there earlier this summer. Those poker chips are still in his office. Oh jeez. Uh, Here's the question I have of you, Sam, though. Uh, You recall when we had the grand opening, which was kind of a big red carpet event for the Man Theater, but that we gave you and Joyce a key to the city. A key to the city. I still have it. Where is that key to the city? They've gone to FOBs, so it's not going to work. But where is that key? 
I, that's in my office on Wyzetta Boulevard. Okay, okay. So we, we didn't throw it away because I was real proud of that. Well, you earned all of that for sure, as we've talked about all the things, great things you did in the city. We should get together at a bar and have a few drinks and talk forever. <laughs> Sam, I can't thank you enough for joining us on the Champlin Project. Uh, you have added just so much color to what has occurred along the Highway 169 corridor. I want to personally thank you on behalf of both myself and John for all the work that you did, uh, hard work that you did to help make that a reality for our community. I think it's a obviously a lasting impression that has been left upon our city, and we can't thank you enough for that. Uh, so, so until next time... Enjoy this podcast and we'll see you on a future episode. Have a great day.